welcome to Over My Dead Pod, a true crime comedy podcast brought to you by me, Kylie Caldwell. And I, Kate Carter. And me, Holly Spear. And I actually have a surprise for you two today because I have two cases to talk about. Oh, oh boy. But both of these are unidentified and unsolved. Kylie. Which, uh, I have to. <laughs> these ones tug on the heartstrings the most. You know, I feel like these people need a voice. They need justice. And they deserve the most attention. But also because they're unidentified and unsolved, there's a much information. And so I'm talking about two. Do you think you know, that we're going to be able to solve it? God, I hope so. I have some theories that I'll talk about. Some right. I found online. These are pretty heavy on the forums. But I think you guys will have some theories also. So I'm going to talk about the, the first one. So the first case, which recently reached this 10th year anniversary of remaining unsolved, and this one hits a little close to home. So on January 28th, 2012, Yvonne Johnson called the police to report that her son found a human skull while playing in a vacant lot behind their trailer home in the 1700 block of her street of Opelika, Alabama. And according to Yvonne on the 911 phone call, it had teeth. So I want to talk about Opelika a bit. It's a town in East Alabama. It's right beside where I went to school at Auburn. Um, so I spent a lot of time in Opelika. That's where the Target was. That's where the Olive Garden was. So, you know, I spent a lot of time there. Um, <laughs> news stations the would talk. <laughs> the place. So news stations would talk about it frequently. And I think that's just something you don't really hear much about cold cases is this one is still like very rampant in the news in the area police you'll see are still like actively working on the case even 10 years later which we don't hear a lot about um so opelika is a smallish town it's about thirty thousand people um besides the hospital and then auburn university it's mainly like a working class town um kind of spread out and i actually looked up the trailer park we will be talking about on google earth um i don't know how big it was in like 2012 but you can see it's pretty small. Like, it takes up, like, a block. What, it's that's probably, a, like, 30, maybe? About 30, 40 trailers. And you can see, like, there's yeah. woods around and then some other, like, houses. Um, so when police arrived on this Friday, they located the small skull and chunks of hair nearby. Um, it appeared to be cornrows. And I'll show you the photos of the hair that they released. Um. To me, they look like the bundles of, like, braiding hair. You know, you get at, like, the hair store. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Very curly. Yeah. Um, it definitely isn't doesn't look natural. No, and it, like, they look, like, brand new. Yeah. It doesn't look like natural hair. It's in, it's in it's good quality. Yeah. Um, police also located a pink, long-sleeved ruffle shirt with heart buns. Um, they haven't said if this was found like near the school or where at in this trailer park they found it. Um, but by Monday, police located partial remains found scattered throughout the vacant lot and the wooded area behind the trailer park. Um, it isn't known to this day whether these remains were like intentionally scattered or scattered around, you know, due to natural reasons such as like flooding or animals or something. Um, they also haven't said if they have found like a complete skeleton. So we don't know how much they've found yet. Okay. Um, personally, I think the animal theory is very likely. Yeah. Um, considering the next tidbit, 
The medical examiner placed the date of death anywhere between 2010 to 2012. So there's a two-year period before the date of discovery. Um, and the time period is so vast due to the state of decomposition and the fact that the entire body probably hasn't been found. Um, so like knowing this area, I mean, it's a southern town, you know, weather crazy. <laughs> like I lived there, we had tornadoes, we had blizzards, flooding, droughts. Um, again, it's like a rural area. There's a lot of wildlife. Um, however, residents of the trailer park have stated to the local news stations that they recall a decaying smell in the area of the fall of 2011. So that possibly narrows the time frame down. So yes, they they recall smelling it, but they didn't report it at the time. Can you remember being asked years from now if you'd like smelled something dead? And you didn't think that it was like animals, you know, and you just like, oh yeah, I remember that. That totally happened. Know, like it was, it was nothing. I've heard people like on documentaries, cops and stuff, they're like, you never forget that smell. But to smell it and then not say anything until over a year later when there is a dead body found. So weird. Weird to me. But forensic and dental records revealed that the remains belong to an African-American female child who was anywhere from the age of four to seven. And the reason why the age of the child hasn't been pinpointed more precisely is because the autopsy showed evidence of physical abuse and malnourishment, which could have stunted her growth. Um, they pinpointed this by saying that there were multiple healed fractures and a deformed left eye, which likely left the girl completely blind in that eye. Um, I'm not sure of the exact reasoning why the medical examiner believes the girl was blind in her left eye, but like from the wording of the reports, it was likely that her eye, like, like the bone was fractured. Um, I'm going to show you guys now the official poster from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which shows a girl with a glassy left eye and in the pink shirt found. And so this is what they think her hair was like at the time of her death. But that doesn't match the hair that was on the ground. I guess it was, I, I mean, a little morbid, but maybe as the skin decayed, the hair came off. I'm not entirely or sure. Or did unbraided itself i guess yeah i i have no idea i don't think these people do either but anyways so you may think well it's a child they'll be easy to identify you know parents will report their children missing people at school will report this child hasn't shown up um well there's no reports of missing children matching the description of this little girl no school records in the entire state of alabama match this little girl and now over 10 years later not a single person has come forward saying that they know this girl who her parents were or who took care of her or ever seen her so for four years there were absolutely no leads but this changed in 2016 when possible photos of the girl appeared in 2016, a vacation Bible school teacher at the Greater Peace Church came forward after looking through old photos and discovered a few photos of a girl matching the description of the Jane Doe with the same glassy left eye. So these photos um, have said, 
investigators have said that these are like digitally enhanced. You'll see like her eyes like shining like a light bulb, but they're just like showcasing the fact. Um, but the young girl was in photos with other children in attendance at the church's vacation Bible school in the summer of 2011, which matches up with the decaying smell in the fall of 2011. Do we know who this, this girl is or no? Also, no, because there are no records of any of the children at this vacation Bible school. What? Not a single person there remembers her name, how she got there, or anything about her. They just said that she was disheveled and unclean and had trouble communicating with other children. So the church is about two and a half miles from where her remains were found. Um, this is, is juicy. A, this is it, juicy. It is juicy. This is a 50-minute walk. So it is unlikely that the girl lived in that trailer park area. Because that's a long walk for a child. She likely lived closer to the church. Um, I've, I've never been to vacation Bible school, but I've heard or saw on you know forums that it's common for like church buses to just drive around and pick up kids <laughs> with no record of it, apparently. And uh, this isn't like a long time ago, you guys. This was 12 years, 11 years. Was, yeah, 2011. And... Absolutely nothing. So we just have these photos. Um, but to me, in these photos, they say she was unclean and disheveled. I mean, the photos aren't great quality, but it doesn't look like that to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no obvious stains on her clothes. Her hair's braided. I don't know. It would be more crazy if that was the actual shirt. That pink shirt that she's wearing in the photo. I know. So after the public release of these photos, there's still no leads. Still, absolutely none. And um, as of today, detectives have completed isotope testing on her remains, which revealed that she is native to Alabama, but also possibly the entire Southeast. That's so, a huge. <laughs> so, that's a lot. So at least 10 states. Okay. <laughs> Um, and if you don't know, isotope testing is the identification of chemicals, whether organic or inorganic and anything, whether it be human remains or even a bomb. And they can reveal like certain chemicals in like the water, food or soil that you just naturally ingest through like what you eat and drink. Um, the captain of the Opelika Police Department, who is still actively working on this case, believes that Opelika Jane Doe lived and was murdered in East Alabama by someone familiar with the area. So she may have not lived in that trailer park, but whoever dumped her body there knew that it would be unlikely to have be found quite quickly in that area. Um, but, okay, are you guys ready for this one? So last November, the Opelika Police Department revealed with absolutely zero context or evidence, I mean, I'm sure they have some, they just haven't publicly stated it, that they believe Opelika Jane Doe has ties to the Orlando, Florida area. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so they haven't said why. Nothing's come since this information. 
I mean, I've that's seen, big. It is big. I've seen Orlando news stations pick it up and have been posting about it, which is good. Maybe just because I know it was like it's a very prominent case in like Alabama, but I hadn't heard about it outside of, of it. Alabama. Yeah. So it's good that like other states are picking it up. Um. Additionally, they have uploaded her DNA to national databases, like 23andMe, Ancestry, and a bunch of CODIS. No hits. And that is where it is today. That's it? Ten years since her discovery, all we have are these photos of her at Vacation Bible School and this possible tie to Orlando. I'll go ahead and say did it yeah i'm just confused it's definitely a parent who or guardian yeah but who is some, she someone knows who she is someone knows yes. her no someone knows her parents knows who's watching her relative friend neighbor like it's hard to miss a little girl with a glassy eye i think what bothers me is that they announced the whole orlando thing and or they had to have had something to make them say that to tie it to Orlando. I mean, there has to be more evidence. Yeah. And they said this after they did the isotope testing. But after, for that, they said she was like native to East Alabama. Yeah. But I don't know if something in that popped up Orlando specifically. I don't know if it would spe- give you like a specific city. I don't know if, like, someone came forward and said they saw her in Orlando. Yeah. But think, I mean, hate to say it, but she's so young. One year makes a difference on their age of what they look like, you know? And if she had different hair, too, braided-wise. I think the biggest issue is just someone somewhere is missing a person. And, you know, you just never saw that girl again. But she could be young enough to where she never even went to school yet, you know? Yeah, so I was thinking yeah, either she is, like, on the younger age of their estimate of being, like, four, yeah. hasn't gone to school, or even if she's in the older range of it, maybe she was just completely contained and, I don't know, for some whatever reason, got to vacation Bible school that one summer. I also think that it's possible that if they found she was malnourished from her skeleton or her remains or whatever, that she maybe was just never enrolled in school or preschool or anything like that and maybe a neighbor or something took her to vacation bible school or like kylie said a bus picked her up um i mean i i feel like it has to have something to do with the parents because who's not going to be looking for their kid yeah 100 i'm just confused i mean it is most likely she was like in complete containment yeah but whoever took her to vacation Bible school, if it wasn't her parents, knows who she is and like where she lived. If it's even her in the picture. Yeah. Right. You know, that's just so it makes sense. But also, I'm that, just I can't. I'm sorry. I keep thinking about the hair that they found. Like that just doesn't match up to me for braids. That's some curly hair. Yeah, I don't know if it came undone. Like with the animal theory and her remains scattered around, I don't know. It just looks like one of those old time wigs that, like the UK English attorneys wear. Yeah, the, <laughs> in court. Yeah, 
Well, to me, like up against the leaves, it looks like a small couple of locks of hair. And I mean, to me from here, it definitely looks like African-American, obviously. But I mean, could it have been something tied into her hair? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I know they braid in like artificial hair. So I think that's what it is and why it looks so fresh. Right. And I mean, if it wasn't, if it was real hair, then why hasn't it been tested and they could genetically find her mother or father oh, yeah that's definitely fake hair yeah, yeah for sure but i'm i'm curious as to like how you know in 2022 now we've seen it definitely over the years of how much dna testing has changed and evolved but i'm shocked that there hasn't been more discovered with that that's the thing just is- like d like even the ancestry that you said you know putting her on dna profiles all over the country and websites and stuff like that you would be shocked that bone match you know like there everybody has different bone marrow you know it's just no it's crazy to think like okay maybe her parents haven't uploaded their dna or maybe don't have a criminal record on you know and have their dna on like codis but like third fourth cousins like on my aunts or 23 me i have like two thousand cousins on there you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a gray area of the law, too, that I feel like a lot of places, it, it's just kind of like a new thing that you can go on these 23andMe and Ancestry.com and find people's relatives or, you know, killers, relatives, yeah. brothers, brothers. Um, brothers, fathers, mothers, and figure out, you know, somehow they're related to this person. I think that's just such a gray area that hasn't had a lot of attention with missing people well we will be getting into that in the next case in a minute Mm -hmm. but i am kind of happy to report that the opelika police department is very active in solving this case they held a vigil back in january on the 10-year anniversary um to raise more awareness that's really nice that's good the fact that it's not a cold case after 10 years yeah, you hear that a lot. Yeah. So I'm glad it's still, they're still working hard. But the problem is people are not coming forward. That should be. So you guys ready to go do the second case? Let's do it. So the second case I want to talk about is also an unidentified unsolved homicide of another young girl found only two years prior, but this one is out of California. And I will say I could find even less information on this girl. And I found, when I tell you, zero news reports. Really? I found like one article on the town's police department page. And every... So everything I'm going to talk about is basically from internet forums, like Murder Wiki and Murderpedia, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into it. So on February 10th, 2010, a man was walking along Linwood Road in Barstow, California, looking for cans. And the man stumbled across a black backpack and upon opening it, discovered a severed human head. Wrapped in two plastic grocery bags. Are you laughing already? I just severed head. Of course, there's a freaking severed head. Go ahead, Kylie. 
Well, it's got it's got to be traumatizing. Yeah, just... This man is just looking for cans to like poor dude his, like to get some change, and this is when he finds. He was like jackpot. Nope, not today, buddy. So this area of Barstow, California, it's about halfway between LA and Vegas. You drive right through it on that highway between them, and it's right in the middle of the Mojave Desert. And this town has quite the reputation for violent crimes and the meth epidemic, of course. Mm. Um, So what I did find was that the police have not located any other remains other than the head in this backpack. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Juicy. Uh, I think the fact that this was along a major highway between two major cities, Mm -hmm. the remains could literally be anywhere and for people who haven't driven through uh vegas to la first of all um i've only done it once and it was back way back in the military school days and it literally we popped a tire i'm not even kidding you and we were in a town in the middle of nowhere on the side of the road next to a gas station for i'd say four or five hours because they couldn't get like tow people out there and so we had to, it was in the middle of nowhere and it's just like 113 degrees. You're just in the middle of the desert. It's ridiculous. There's nothing. Yeah. Wouldn't do it again. Another interesting point though, is that the location of this head was only a few hundred yards away from a truck stop. And we know about <sighs> trucker serial killers. It's hmm. a 50% chance it's a trucker. <laughs> Always. Always. Um, so the other remains could literally be anywhere. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was nice just me. on the side of the road. Yeah, just like I have the little pinpoint of where the head was found, and it was just off the road a little bit. See, so proved to be difficult because apparently the face was severely mutilated. I found a comment on a forum saying that the nose was completely severed. And I'll show you the forensic renderings of what they think this girl looked like. And then each one you like look at. Girl. No- what? It's a girl? Oh, yeah, it's a girl. Okay. Um, I was going to say the- they couldn't tell the gender. Oh, it's a girl. The nose is different in like each of the renderings because they honestly don't know what the nose looks like. Um, but the teeth were intact. So the, the girl was anywhere-, anywhere from 14 to 19. And that she had great dental care and she had oh. multiple fillings. She had straight dark brown hair with red highlights, brown eyes, and pierced ears. That could be anybody. Anybody. So I know one of the things I first thought of was like human trafficking. Obviously, between LA and Vegas is big. A Vegas good teeth. is. A, but yeah, the good teeth, great dental care. Fillings, Super. like those are so expensive. You know, you, you're on insurance if you can get filling. Yeah, so I don't think, I mean, she might have been like later on in life, but this girl, she had a, she had a good life beforehand, at least. Um, the medical exam wise, dentally wise, we don't know about her whole life. Good hair. It sounds like she had great hair. She had highlights. I mean, sounds very good. The medical examiner estimated that she had been dead for around three to four days prior to discovery, and additionally, there were. No fingerprints on the backpack or the plastic bags. Literally none. Um, One of the plastic bags was from Walgreens. Another one was from like 
something that's like fresh foods. And the closest like fresh foods place was like over 300 miles away. This is someone who's killed someone before or is someone that knows how to kill somebody. For sure. Like near a trucker, near a truck stop, middle of effing nowhere, just on a road, just ahead, so mutilated that they can't really find out the identity and has no fingerprints anywhere. I mean, ain't your first time, ain't his first, his or her first rodeo. No, and the fact they, I feel like they wanted this head to be found. The fact that it was so close to this road, like it was just tossed out of a car. Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean there was no trying to hide it. I, my only thing I will say now that I'm thinking about it more, what about not, well, they are in the middle of nowhere, but like prostitution too, you know, truck stops are huge. Mm-hmm. And we hear a lot about prostitutes getting all the time. murdered all the time, all the time. Um, so after what appears to be zero leads and zero people coming forward about this girl's identity, uh, police began cross-referencing with what they had, detail-wise, with missing girls or women. Um, to date, 39 missing women have been ruled out. And in 2021, the county coroner's office announced that they were working with Barbara Ray Venter to identify the girl. I don't know if you know her, but she is a genealogist and attorney. And she identified the Golden State Killer. But all Miss Barber could determine is that she is of Mexican descent. What? That's it? That's it. They said they had her hair, right? Yeah. How how do we not have hair samples? Hair and DNA. They tested, I guess they tested the DNA. Just DNA. Like how did DNA not, like I I assume DNA was tested, but how, you said Hispanic descent? one of the leading theories is that she was most likely undocumented oh that's the worst Mm -hmm. worst. um but this would explain like why family members haven't come forward yeah if they weren't involved in this yeah they would be too scared to come forward about it um but because of the, like the extreme mutilation to her face like this was personal yeah they did not want her to be identified unless it was a serial killer i'm trying to think of people who have killed between la and vegas and i feel like there's so many i mean we can even talk about the who you you know who you were just talking about golden state killer like just it could be anybody there were truckers that were multi Serial killers all out in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Well, you you might be happy about this, Kate, because in the one report that it, the Barso Police Department have released said that they believe that she fell victim to a serial killer. Boom, mic drop. I mean, drop. it makes it. That's the only thing that makes sense because that's such a truck stop like move. They didn't state which one, or they didn't link her to any other possible victims. Um, I tried looking up theories of serial killers in the area active at the time with that MO. I couldn't find anything. So I don't know if it's like a nationwide serial killer. What the hell is going on here? Um, so I don't know if they're still working on this case. Really? If at all. Do you know that they ever worked on it? 
If they have, they haven't said anything about it. There's nothing court case wise. <laughs> nothing court case wise. I don't know if they just said, oh, it's a serial killer that's way out of our budget and expertise or this girl's undocumented. We don't really care. I have no idea. I wonder if they if they took the undocumented thing and just kind of went with it. I mean, for prostitution. That- but that's still, I mean, you said what what year was this? This was in 2010 still not that far like back i just feel like they're i mean it depends on the the county that she was in i guess it's their police right unless they transferred it to a different like higher up but i guess they didn't have the resources but you would think you don't stop looking but then again here we are like what i have read about this town is this is like a known drug spot Obviously, between like Vegas and LA, there's a lot of violent crimes. They may just be busy with that. But I've also read like there have been multiple, maybe dozens of bodies like found just thrown off the highway here in this town. Dump it ground. Since like as far back as like the 60s. I mean, no security cameras, no street lights. You're in the middle of the desert where animals will easily get to you as well. It is. It's a perfect dumping ground. It is. Just that. All I get some ideas. Yeah, what's your theory? I'm just thinking, like, I I feel like it could be anything that you guys said. I mean, if she was an immigrant, it's possible that she might be like a first generation living in America and Uh no one's gonna you might not just have the communication between somebody reporting their family member missing and that getting across to being like, hi, there's a you know, undocumented immigrant that we can't find. And they're like, oh yeah, well us either. We'd love to find her and deport her. So, I mean, you know, yeah. don't have that communication there. Um, what, one thing I did find out is that Mexico does not have like a national registry of missing people. Hmm. And That's interesting. It is possible like she was in America, but maybe her parents and family members were back in Mexico. And I'm going to bring it back to Mexico real quick. So I found this on a forum on Reddit. Reddit. Just, just a theory, nothing to back it up. But I think it's something to think about. Um, so in 2004, a 16-year-old girl named Sylvia Stephanie Sanchez Viesca, who went by Fanny, was kidnapped in Mexico. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of the town. Okay. Um, That's respectful. But she was just kidnapped like straight off the street, never seen again. Um, and the like rumor in the town was that she was kidnapped by cartel members because one of the leaders liked her. Mm-hmm. So now at the time of discovery of the Barstow Jane Doe, Fanny would have been 22, which is slightly older than the estimate of 14 to 19. Um, but I'm going to show you guys a side-by-side photo of Fanny and the rendering okay. of the Barstow Jane Doe. <laughs> oh, wait, this is just... Sorry, this is just the Barso Jane Doe. So you can see the different noses. Different. So on the left is Fanny. On the right is the official poster of the Barso Jane Doe. So the hair is obviously like lighter on Fanny. But she's still, she's dark brown with red highlights. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see a resemblance. And I think we honestly don't really know what this girl looked like. Yeah. Because her face was so mutilated. Yeah. Um, I tried to follow up on this Reddit post. 
they haven't given any updates. But the mother of Fanny runs a Facebook page that she started in order to find Fanny. But now she has basically started her own national registry of missing people in Mexico. Wow. And is constantly posting about people and giving updates and providing tips and resources to people in Mexico. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I do that for dogs here in, in my county, but I couldn't imagine doing that for an entire, entire country um, and let alone humans. That's yeah, a so completely now, different story. So now, 12 or she went missing in 2004 in this page last when I was writing this. She's still like updating several times a day. Wow. On Facebook. Good Not her. just about her daughter, but missing women and men and children all over Mexico. That's great. We'll link that too with the notes. And of course, if anybody ever has tips or knows any information, uh, don't contact us. Call 911 or your local state police and please report it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. For, the, for this episode. But also email us because we want to know. Give us updates. Yeah. Can you let us know? Keep us updated. Wow. Good job, Kylie. That was great, Kylie. Okay, and with that, this is Over My Dead Pod.